pair of tickets to give away to Odurfest at the Rogers Center on August 17th. You can win tickets to see the Jays and Rubin at Odur. We'll do that later on in the show. We'll do it actually. Well, we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it later on. You'll have to listen. To whenever you want to do it. it wherever you want just to say it. it. I'll do it whenever I want to do it. <laughs> just do it before Barker's back leg bits. DM us. Questions for Barker. Uh, DMs are open. My uh, Twitter handle is SN Jeff Blair. You really need to get an account, Barker. No chance. You should. I'm tired of doing all the like, social have, media you have stuff. No chance. I'm tired of like, sending out show tweets and doing all that. No chance. Huh. That's some guy from Australia. Interesting. See, it's like we've got a world, <coughs> pardon me, a worldwide reach. It's awesome. I'm not saying that he likes us, but I'm saying that he's watching us Australia. Let's bring in Dan Shulman, our Blue Jays voice on uh, Sportsnet from lovely Baltimore. I bet it's hot. Yeah, I bet it's hot. Is it hot there, Dan? <laughs> Have you left your hotel room yet? Uh, it's a little cooler today. It's actually noticeably cooler when the storm came. You know how it is when the storm came through last night. That helped a little bit. Um, I, I've gone out a block in this direction and three blocks in that direction every day, but the rest I've been uh, I've been in the hotel and I felt for those players a little bit last night. That was that was that was pretty steamy. Yeah, it, it looked uh, it looked really really uncomfortable. So I got a feeling that the entire month of August. Well, August and September, we're going to be hearing a lot about Rugnit Odur. I don't know why. I've been telling Barker this. I just got a feeling he's going to do – I mean, he is going to be the guy. that he, You know, the final weekend of the season, Jays and Orioles, stuff's on the line. Somehow I just think Rugnit Odur is going to write his name all over all over this, this final two – you know, six weeks of the season. Makes me really uncomfortable. Yeah, that would be really unsavory, don't you think, for it to be him above – Everybody else. He had a wild game last night. Like all we remember is the home run. He also kept, he had two bad throws, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Right, got charged with an error on one of them and had a bad base running play, a yes. really bad base running play. But Terrible all we remember, and run. yeah. But all we remember is the um, is the home run, and he can he can pound his chest with the best of them. So, and obviously, Blue Jay fans have no love lost for him. Um, I don't doubt that he's going to do a thing or two, but they got to figure out Ryan Mountcastle at yeah. some point. Like it's getting silly um, already. It's like it's like he's got the video game set on a higher setting or something right now, and it's it's crazy because against everybody else, he's literally an average hitter. He swings at everything. Like I was talking to the Baltimore guys uh, before the first game a couple of days ago, and they said, "Boy, he's in a bad way right now. He's chasing everything. You know, he's an easier out now that he's been all year." And then. Boom! Home run a couple of nights ago. Two doubles last night. Uh, it's it's crazy. So whatever they're doing, they gotta they gotta mix it up a little bit with him. Dan, Dan do you see anything different with Jose Barrios in his home starts and his road starts? You know, it's funny. I, I've never been a bit, and I'm sure we're gonna put the graphic up. I, I, you know, did my work this morning. I know he's got a 3.23 ERA at home and a 7.50 on the road, and that's that's a huge split. But unless somebody can tell me why that is, I'd like we're going to put it up, and I'll say on the air tonight. I don't, you know, we don't know why that is. It's like day night, you know. I mean, and I actually think day night's a little bit easier. Maybe guys who stay out too late at night don't do well during the day. That's mm-hmm. what I always. That's what I always assume. But home road. So the answer, Kevin, is no. I, I'm not smart enough to know um, why that is. I think it's just kind of a statistical fluke. Um, you know, I'll ask again today, but I've asked. 
a couple of times this year, and I just kind of get a shrug. Like, it's one of those things. So, you know, hopefully he can break the trend tonight. This is a big one, you know, to get sweat. Listen, Baltimore wins tonight. They're a game back of the Blue Jays. Like, this is no joke anymore. So uh, this is a big one for them tonight, given the way the last two games have gone. So you've been in that city for a couple of days now. Um, Are they buying what the Orioles are are cooking? Yes. So they – you know, one thing is the crowds have been really small, right? Mm-hmm. 12,000 and probably 2,000 of those are Blue Jay fans. I know they had big crowds on the weekend, but I think they had a couple of giveaways and a uh, 30th anniversary of the ballpark opening and all that. So I think the crowds have been a little bit disappointing. Uh, I know it's weeknights, but still it's 12,000. But those who were there and the, the people I talked to within the organization and the broadcasters and so forth, they uh, they know they're playing with house money. Like they know they're exceeding expectations. But they do tell us this is the kind of fight you have seen in this team for a long time now, that they believe in themselves. And and I think the more the team believes in themselves, the more the people around the team will believe in them. And you can see they've got a good spirit about them right now. It's easy to see, I'm sure, even when you're watching the games mm-hmm. on television. Now, you lose four in a row. That spirit might you know, take a, a little bit of a hit. But I, I do think they believe in themselves. And I give them credit for this. And, and, you know, Kevin, you can speak to this. They traded their best relief pitcher, and their most popular player, uh, Jorge Lopez and Trey Mancini. And I think it says something to what they've got going on in that clubhouse that they're still playing well. And I know I came into this series saying, okay, but they beat Pittsburgh and Texas and the Cubs, and, and let's see. And they're doing it. They've won both games. Like, you can't take it away from them. They found a way to play better in the big moments. So, um, yeah, I think there's a real free spirit and, and lack of pressure and all that all that stuff going on about that right now because nobody thought they'd be here. Okay, you, you, you knew we had to ask this question, but the, the last start from Yusei Kikuchi wasn't great. You know, I, I'm assuming that he's going to get one more. Everything seems like that's a go towards that. He has a bad one in his next start. There's no way the Blue Jays can run him out there again, no matter what they got for depth. <laughs> Dan, yep. just, there's just no way they can continue to run him out there, right? I feel the same way. Um, I don't know if the people who make the decisions feel the same way. So I had a long conversation with somebody, doesn't matter who it is, a couple of days or yesterday, I guess, about this after his start two nights ago. If you, I understand they've invested three years, $36 million. Um, They need his permission to send him down, I believe. I don't think they can just send him down. Right. I get why you're hesitant to release him, and it, whatever. Um, so if that's the case, you've got two choices. You leave him in the rotation or you put him in the bullpen. If you leave him in the rotation, you might be down five to one when he comes out. If you put him in the bullpen, and I know every, and they're right, he's never done it. He does, he doesn't appear to be a good candidate for it. I get all that, but if you make him the last man in the bullpen, the the eighth guy, the mop up guy, the multi inning guy, he's probably only coming in when you're already down five to one. And I'd rather him come in when you're down five to one than be the guy who puts you down five to one. Um, if if you have to have him. And, it, you know, you hate talking like this, right? He's trying. It's not like he's not trying. Mm-hmm. But every game matters right now, and he's putting them in a pretty big hole. So um, I, I'm not saying something would click out of the bullpen, but if you're going to make him the last guy on the staff and bring him in when you're down four or five runs, you know, and somebody could say, and I, and I get it, well, what if he can't throw strikes? What if he can't do it? Like, you can still leave him out there for 75 pitches and have him figure out a way through two or three innings. It's no fun for him. But I think at this point you need him pitching in the lowest leverage situations you can find, given the way that he's going. 
And being a starting pitcher is not the lowest leverage situation you can find. So if it were me, um, if he has a bad one and Stripling comes back in 10 days or whenever it is, I think I'd leave Stripling, put Stripling in the rotation, put leave Mitch White in the rotation, and, and I'd make Kikuchi the last guy in the staff. I, I don't know if they're going to do that, though. It feels to me like White might be the long man, but... Um, Jeez, like, you know, there are a lot of teams right behind them right now. Every game matters. Dan, do you get do you get the feel that maybe John Snyder is a little bit more comfortable with his bullpen? Uh, I think he's got uh, – I think he's developing – so they just get a bass and pop, right? And, and now I think he's trying to figure out everybody's roles. He's also in a bit of a weird spot that they don't have a lefty on the staff, mm-hmm. which is not a great – it's not a great thing. It really isn't. So – you know, Mesa gets hurt. I was surprised when Mesa got hurt, they didn't put Gage on the roster. They put Thornton on the roster. Right. I, I know that Gage pitched the night before for Buffalo. I, I understand that. Um, but by they could have brought Gage on the roster for Mesa by not putting Gage on the roster then you've got to wait for somebody else to get hurt to put him on the roster because he's on option. He was only optioned down on the fourth. Mm -hmm. Today's the 10th. It's a 15 day thing for pitchers. He can't come back till the 19th, nine more days. Now that could, they, they could have brought up Taylor Saucedo. They could have brought up Foster Griffin. Like they've got guys, but I, I think it's a tough spot not having a lefty on the roster. So I think, there's that to deal with. There's figuring out how Bass and Pop fit in to deal with. But um, I talked to John Schneider yesterday. Tabby and I talked to him for a while about his pitchers, about who do you like in this role, who do you like in that, what do you see in this guy, what do you see in that. And I, I think he feels he's got you know a good feel for for what's going on right now. Um, they like you know Simber's numbers, and he didn't you know he gave up a run last night. They like Simber against lefties, and the numbers bear that out. They like Bass against righties, and the numbers bear that out. And that's why I think Bass worked to the bottom of the order and Simber worked to the top of the order. Um, I don't know you know, I, if I necessarily agree with it, but it, there, there are some strong righty-lefty splits on this in this bullpen. Mm-hmm. And I think they feel very comfortable with Simber against lefties, very com- comfortable with Jimmy Garcia against lefties. It didn't work out last night um, for them. And sometimes, as you guys know, you can make the right move and it doesn't work out. And you can make the wrong move and it does work out. So um, to answer your question, Kevin, yes, I I think he is comfortable with what he has. He knows he doesn't have enough swinging miss. You know, know, he he understands what he does have and what he doesn't have at the bullpen. So I think he and Pete Walker are trying to be as meticulous as they can about the spots they put their guys in. Um, You know, and and I don't know how it would have changed things. Another unfortunate thing is Zach Pop got burned last night without throwing a pitch because he came in and then the rain delay happened and they decided not to bring him back after um, after the hour. So it's it's not great. Everything or just about everything has to go well for this bullpen to get the outs and the key spots against good teams late in games because even with Bass and Pop coming onto the roster, they all you have to do is listen to us talk about the guys coming out of the bullpen for the other teams they're mm-hmm. playing. That you know they just don't have enough swing and miss in this bullpen even after the trade deadline. You've been around Bo on this road trip more than we have. Tabby talked about it yesterday. He's he's starting to look a little different. He's starting to look more like the Bo we've seen in the past when he goes on one of those roles. Can you just tell us just? Like, has it been that noticeable as well, you know, beyond what we're seeing on TV? Has, it, has, has there been a noticeable, uh, an extra spring in his step or whatever? 
Uh, honestly, the answer, Jeff, I think is no. It, it, he looks like the same guy, and, it, and it's you know you know how it is. Like you, I don't talk to Bo every single day. Right. You don't want to just bug players for the sake of bugging them because then they they, they you know they do they don't want to deal. With it. You know, I, I respect their space, but um, but I talk to Bo enough to kind of get a feel for where he's at, and I, I I think he's the same. I think the answer is the same, and I think he is. Pretty good, really good. I shouldn't say pretty good. I think he is really good at staying with his routine and doing the best he can to tune out the outside noise. Um, Bo has zero social media, nothing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't look it, doesn't have it, doesn't look at it. Um, And, you know, he and I have had talks too about – you know, he's 24 and he, and he's still learning and he understands he's not a finished product. So he's been grinding. There's no question about that, but no, I, you know, he comes out at three 30 and does the ground ball thing with Louie. And then he goes, you know, the short hop drill. And then he goes out on the infield and takes the ground balls and, and he stays with his routine. And I think that's the way he is wired. I, I think shut out the outside noise, keep your head down and do what you have to do to try to get better. So to, to me, he's, He's pretty much the same guy, whether he's in a bit of a rut or whether or whether he's swinging the bat well like he is now. Last question before I let you run. I wanted to ask you about Adley Rushman. Um, we had uh, uh, Dan Connolly on who covers the Orioles, and he was talking about just the way Rushman is. You know, they're talking about there's a, got a little bit of – I'm sorry, it was Ben McDonald saying there's a little bit of college about him still, and sometimes that can rub guys the wrong way, but it, it appears – to have the exact opposite impact here. Like, you know, he talked about Rushman will go up and hug guys after an inning or something like that. And he's very, you know, you can tell when you watch him play, there's a real, uh, not an edge to him, but there's a real, there's a real sense that he understands that he is going to be a good player. And I mean that yeah. in, in a good way. What's your sense from just, just watching him in person during this series and maybe from what people have said as well? He, he is the real deal, isn't he? Oh, yeah. There's no question he's the real deal. I mean, um, you know, one, a first overall pick, so obviously the raw talent was there when they drafted him as an 18-year-old. Um, uh, I've only spoken to him once very briefly, shook his hand, said hello. That was it. I was speaking with another player, and, and he kind of walked by, and we just shook hands. But first of all, he looks like he could walk out of the cornfield in Iowa. Like, he looks, you know, he's central casting, field of dreams kind of thing, and, and um, I, I think he's got a nice way about him. I was talking to a couple of media members of Baltimore a couple of days ago, and Rutschman was about 20 feet away talking to some kids who were on the field for whatever reason they were on the field. I don't know who they were. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of watching him out of the corner of my eye, and like 10 out of 10 on that. I, I mean, just the, you know, the way he you know bent down to their level and, and engaged them and made them feel very relaxed. And um, I think he gets who he is. You, know, you, know, you wouldn't get who you are if, if you're him. Um, and he certainly looks talented. I mean, to, he's got a really discerning eye at the plate. We've seen that already. The power is coming. The arm is strong. The base running is good. He runs well. And, um, you know, I can't speak extensively, obviously, to his leadership abilities or anything like that, but um, everything I heard about him was positive. And Ben McDonald is one of the guys that I talked to about him. He's, I think he's the cornerstone uh, of, of their resurgence and they've got more coming as you know they've got a very good farm system you know is this a bit of a fluke or a bit of a year ahead of schedule maybe i don't know but they've 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 got more coming and i think the days of the orioles losing 100 games are in the rearview mirror for this this next cycle so um he's he's something and 
Um, you know, if he's if he's got that it factor and those intangibles like he's got the talent, I think he's going to grow very quickly into one of the best catchers in the game. Dan, really good of you to join us. Thanks so much, man. Thanks, Dan. Okay, guys. We'll see you back at the ballpark. Absolutely. It's Dan Shulman, voice of the Blue Jays. Game three of the series goes today, 7-10. Jose Brios against Dean Kramer uh, for the Orioles. The Orioles looking to sweep the series. It's interesting. And, uh, it, it was interesting to hear him talk about Tim Mesa, how, how important he could be against lefties. And and, and I do wonder, just by if, if Gage was on the team, seventh inning rolls around. You got lefties coming up. You throwing him in the seventh inning with a lead, with the with the meat of the order for the for the Orioles coming up, would would you have thrown him? That's the question you got to ask yourself. And and could you answer for that by doing it? If the answer is yes, you put Gage on the team. If the answer is no to that, there's no point in him being on the team. That that yeah. would be the only answer I would have for that. Is you got you got to warrant putting yeah, him on it. And if you don't think you could put him on it and him pitch when it matters, the three in the seventh inning, then why have him on your team? The three batter minimum has really kind of changed the way you look at sure. you look at a lefty reliever. It does because in the it wasn't that long ago you wanted a lefty even for one guy. You, know, you remember Lugie, you know, lefty one out guy, uh, just a lefty to come in and get the lefty out, and then boom, you're out of the game. Um. Yeah, I, I would, I would like to have the luxury of a left-handed reliever in the bullpen, just to put that in the manager, the other manager's mind. I'm sure if you ask just to put that in the yeah, other manager's I'm sure, mind. I list this what I think. Okay, let me. Sorry, let me rephrase this though. You're asking me, would I rather have Matt Gage? I'll tell you what I would rather do. I'd rather have Matt Gage as my lefty in the bullpen than having Trevor Richards uh, because Trevor Richards change up play so well against lefties. I'd rather have Matt Gage than Trevor Richards. How about that? And then however John Schneider wants to use him, whatever he wants to use him, he can. But I'd rather have, yeah, I'd rather have Matt Gage just, than Trevor just Richards. Li- just listen to Dan talk about the question about the bullpen and, and is John Schneider comfortable about what he has to go go to when it matters the most and how much thought process Dan had to go through to just actually talk about how John Schneider has to try and get through baseball games. Who matches up against left-handed hitters, even if he's right-handed? Who matches up against righties and not left? It's just, they have, the the answer to that is, I guess only the ninth inning do they have a no-brainer. That's the only, like, and then there's everybody else. And everybody else is, I, I guess Jimmy Garcia all of a sudden is your no matter what, Eighth inning guy. I get back to this question that I asked you earlier. You look at all the teams that are contending for the wild card spot. Look at the teams that are already in the postseason or, you know, or, well, that, that's, that's Houston and New York. New York, they got some issues right now in their bullpen. But I defy anybody to tell me that they would take on balance the Blue Jays bullpen over any of the bullpens of those other teams. You wouldn't. And I know the Blue Jays bullpen, they had a great July. They should have had a great July. They were playing crap teams. And I think the Blue Jays bullpen, in some ways, in some ways, the the Blue Jays bullpen may be reminding people that you can't just rely on analytics because sometimes your eye test tells what your eyes tell you is right. Sometimes a guy is just not very good. And he's going to get hit eventually. And that's all there is to it. And trickery and smoke and mirrors might work for three weeks in July. 
but that doesn't mean it's going to work in the postseason. It doesn't mean it's going to work in in September. And um, yeah, I I again, I just asked the people go through. I asked people go through the relievers on other teams and ask yourself how many Jays relievers are surefire to be in any of those contending teams. Maybe Romano. Maybe Simber. I don't even know about I, just I don't it, even know about Jimmy Garcia to be honest. I look at the Batista at bat last night against Vladimir Guerrero Jr. That's all you need to know. Is a young kid pitching coach runs out. Well, obviously we have no idea what he what what he said to him, but we can have an educated guess by what he threw Vladdy. He got away with an 0 100 mile an hour fastball, about as center cut as you can now, get. Now the second pitch, the second pitch, the uh Ryan added in the umpire. The, the second pitch he gave it to Batista, which, you know, and Vladdy kind of stepped back a bit. But my point is I probably would have given Batista that pitch too because the guy's the guy's been around the zone and he's throwing well. And then you, you talked about the third pitch. It was 100.9 miles an hour, the, the, the liner to second base. Yeah, it's – we the problem when you have a bullpen where you have to rely on so much matching up cool. is sometimes – Sometimes you outthink yourself. You just do. And that's that that's human nature. It's you got a bunch of guys in a bullpen who have to pitch to a hitter's weakness instead of most of the time to their strengths because their strength probably is not going to be able to consistently get out big league hitters when it matters the most is a very Kevin it's very hard it's to also, thing to do in a marathon season. It's, it's, it's a hard. Ver- it's a very simple concept when you if you're in a close game and you're playing a good team, chances are somebody's going to be on base. And when somebody's on base, you don't want the ball put in play because bad things happen when the ball gets put in play for the most part. You want somebody who can come in and freeze and and stop the situation from developing by getting a strikeout. And I still maintain to do that, you got to have guys that can come out in in this day and age now. You've got to have guys that can come out and throw 100. Look, there's a reason... There's a reason. Look what the Seattle Mariners did last night. There's a reason all these teams have guys who throw that way. It's 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 not like there's there's one team that has discovered that velocity is really cool. Everybody, everybody is thinking that way, with the exception, it seems, with the exception, it seems, of the Blue Jays. And I don't know how much of that is philosophical, how much of that is just dumb luck, and... Um, you know, if, if Nate Pearson's healthy, maybe we're not having this discussion because maybe Nate Pearson is that guy. If he was the guy we thought he was going to be a couple of years ago, maybe Nate Pearson is that 100-mile-an-hour guy coming out of the bullpen. <clears throat> but yeah, the, the, the Jays, if the Jays go far in the postseason, they are going to do it in a way nobody else is trying to do it. If, if their bullpen takes them through the postseason – then they will be the smartest guys in the room because literally nobody else, nobody else is doing it the way they're doing it. They're just not. I don't have anything to add because that you—that's exactly right. Like they're—they're going to have to have the guys that they think can do special things to do special things times two. I hate bringing it back to hockey, but I'm going to bring it back to hockey. Is the Jays bullpen this team's version? of the Leafs goaltending. Is it the thing that's going to prevent a talented young core from taking that step forward? 
it's it's a discussion. I think we'll probably we'll probably end up having at the end of the year, but uh, it's is frustrating. I, I'll I'll admit it. It 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 is at times a frustrating watch when the other team, any other team, is bringing somebody out who can throw a hundred or ninety nine with movement, as opposed to a team full of guys that throw ninety five, ninety six with movement. Guys can hit ninety five and ninety six. Anyhow, I mean that's just that's the same it's the same story. Same thing we've been talking about now for for three months with this team, and as my friend Mister Barker says, if the Jays would grab a six run lead in the second inning, be less of an issue. That, no that's re- really what the only way this team is going to go anywhere in the postseason is Vladdy and Bo are going to have to go on heaters, and this team is going to have to score five runs a game. That that, that that's the only way that it's going to happen in my mind is they have to go on a roll. And they have to bludgeon teams. That's going to be tough to do with no Springer. It's going to be real tough. Now, now you're putting a lot more pressure on, you know, moving Matt Chapman into the cleanup Guriel. spot. You're putting Lord, pressure Lord, on Guriel. Lord Alejandro Kirk. I mean, where's he hitting? Like, you, would you leave him in a three spot? Like, there's so much pressure on guys. That's basically why you're bringing in and spending a bunch of money on one dude mm-hmm. is because, quite frankly, he's been there and done it before and the other, the, the other everyday guys haven't. We have tickets to give away to the August 16th game between the Jays and the Orioles. Is that August 16th or August 17th? I'm getting two. 16th. I've got two. I got one that says 16 and one that says 17. 17th. There you go. No problem. August 17th game against the Orioles and Rugnet Odur. It is Odur Fest. All, uh, in your world. All month, long, all month long at the Rogers Center. It's Odur Fest. We'll give those tickets away, and we'll do Barker's back leg bits when we come back. It's Blair and Barker on the Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. idea why you're laughing i've got a pair of tickets in my hot little hands or a pair of hot little tickets in my hands whatever to uh see the jays and orioles down at the rogers center on august 17th yesterday because we've been giving you a chance to win jays tickets all season long on blair and barker whether you listen to the radio or on the podcast and uh all you have to do to Get the tickets or to qualify to win is text the correct answer to our daily baseball baseball trivia question to 59590. Yesterday we asked you the last time the Orioles won a playoff series was 2014. Which Orioles player led the team with 40 home runs that season? The answer was the boomstick. Nelson Cruz. Oh. Would not have gotten that. I got it. I, you did. You answered it right away. Today's question is a little more difficult. Which Oriole was the MVP of the 1983 World Series? Again, which Oriole was the MVP of the 1983 World Series? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. 
See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Uh, that is for tickets to see the Orioles and Jays at the Rogers Center on August 17th. We're all ready. It's like August 10th already. Flying by. Time flies when you have no bullpen. 7-10 is the first pitch tonight. The Jays and Orioles will wrap up their three-game series. Then the Jays are home. They've got tomorrow off. They start a three-game series with the Cleveland Guardians. And then the Orioles come into town. 7-0-5. 7-0-5? What did I say, tonight? 7-10. I thought it was 7-10. It says 7-0-5 on this. Oh, whatever. If you turn to the station at 7 o'clock, you'll hear baseball. This, uh, I got a a tweet here that, yeah, it's just, I'm sorry. Somebody just sent maybe the stupidest tweet I've ever read in my life. Not a mean one, just dumb. Anyhow, it is time for Barker's Back Lake Bits. That part of the show where we uh, solicit questions from you, our listeners. And uh, here's the thing. To qualify for those tickets, you got to text 590-590. Don't DM me with the answer. It ain't going to work. I already got people. people they, they, do I have to be more clear? Text it to 590-590 to get the tickets. DMing me is not going to do any good. I'm not going to sign on and put your name in the text line for you. I'm just not. Partly because, one, I don't want to. It's a lot of work. And, two... I haven't had access to our text line for like a week. So there you go. Uh, Bob from Bowmanville. You know, I'm a Yankee fan, but enjoy listening to you and Kevin when I can. Your first segment proves why you and Kevin are the best locals to talk Jays. Everyone else on the fan Cheerleaders, we like, yeah, you know, nothing from the cheerleaders. Only you two of you said about Manoa today about him hitting his head dumb. Okay. He also said him saying what he uh, said to Dahlbeck recently was wrong. Others gave him a standing ovation. Just thought I'd send you this, keep it up. And and I just wanted to pass that on because, yeah, we, I, Kevin, you you were the guy that that pointed out that uh, the stuff with Dahlbeck, I, we, I get, we get this stuff with Alec Manoa, and God love him. It's, it's, it's part of his makeup, but, and he's young, and he's learning. The thing I like about Alec Manoa is he does stuff like that. He doesn't do it again. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. Smart dude. He is a he is a smart dude. Mm-hmm. He gets it. He's very excitable. Um, it's no question. Occasionally, there it, it calls for that. Every once in a while, oh, hell you gotta, yeah, you got to draw a line. So oh, you come out here and get you some. But most of the time, you don't. Yeah. Let let your play and your pitching do all the talk. And I think it's it's like anything else. It's where so much of it is where you look. You know, when you do stuff, you know, you, if you pound your chest, you look at your dugout, nobody's going to take offense to that. Right pound on. your chest and look at the starting pitcher, you may have an issue. Mm. And and that's, uh, and it's funny because I keep thinking back that, to Jose Batista's bat flip and the fuss that was created by that. And then the reaction to that fuss was, well, hang on. This is, you know, new baseball. We want young guys to express themselves. I let found the kids it. Play. I let the kids play. I found it kind of odd that it was 37-year-old Jose Batista. But, but my point is, and I, and, I, and I think of this when I see these things, that's, all, that's 
kind of gone away now. Like, how many times do you hear a player get ripped? Bumgarner. Because of something he did. You know, we had uh, uh, the manager of the Padres ripping into Fernando Tatis. Swinging a 3-0. Swinging a 3-0. and and, and this stolen base thing. I mean, there's still sort of unwritten rules. But my point is the stuff that happens on the field now, very seldom do people take offense to it. Very seldom do people take offense to it. And I, I just, it, it's part of the way the game's developed that, I, and that I, I, I like seeing that. I like the fact that that's less of an issue now. And the reason I'm mentioning this is there are still some lines you don't cross. And that's one of the things I like about Alec Manoa is he understands those those lines. He has people tell him it, and he and he corrects. It's a big man. It was hot. He was chapped. Yeah. And and last night, I just it, it's it's human it's human reaction to react when you it, or it's human nature to react when you're taking out a game and all that. It's just I it does scare me when guys start hurting themselves. Sure. They're doing things that can hurt yourself. Because we've they, all been they, there. We've all slammed our fist against if something. If they or, lose him. That was my first thought. Oh, man. I, I mean, I, I don't even. If you're a Jays fan, you don't even think about that. When he comes out of the game, you put him in bubble wrap and carry him to wherever he needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nathan James. Ross says he wants this team to keep the competitive window open for years to come, but as multiple impact players in this roster that are free agents after next season, what do you think his next step is for the offseason? Oh, I mean, I mean that we've, we've talked about a, a little bit about the offseason in this city uh, is, is going to be fascinating. Um, you know, there, there's, as far as I can tell, there hasn't been um, a concerted effort. I'm not going to say there hasn't been a serious effort because I don't know, but there certainly doesn't appear to have been a concerted effort to sign uh, guys like Teoscar or Bo or Vladdy. And I don't know. I mean, we're almost getting to the point where it doesn't make sense to sign those guys to one of those long-term contracts. It doesn't make sense for either side. We're almost at the point now where it doesn't make sense for either side. We're almost at the point where if you're Vladdy or Bo, you're probably going, you know what, you might as well go year to year on this thing. We might as well go to year to year, year, year to year on this thing. We're going to make decent money. Uh, it, it'll be a fascinating offseason. It, it's one reason that I didn't completely write off the possibility of a guy like Teoscar Hernandez being moved at the deadline because, Kevin, we talked to Teoscar. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you've talked to Teoscar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not get close in a contract. They have a fundamental disagreement in terms of how each side values the other. The Jays' view of Teoscar Hernandez is way off what his view of Teoscar Hernandez is. My thoughts haven't changed. Going into last season, I said the exact same thing. I'll say the exact same thing going into this offseason. You look at the blueprint of what it takes to be a not a good team, a great team. Balanced lineup and power late in games. They have neither. They need to go out and correct that. You want to be a big boy, you got to, first of all, look like a big boy. Look at the Yankees. Name a team. That's that's really good. That's really good. Astros, the Dodgers. Name any team that's really, really good. The conversation will never change. Like, you got to be able sometimes to muscle up and 
Announce your presence with authority. And you can't always have a starting pitcher who, quite frankly, is not real good come out and and work through your lineup because all they have to do is throw two pitches in one certain part of the, of the strike zone. The, that's gone on long enough. It's not going to change. And the Teoscar thing, look, you have to ask yourself, you know, can you win the World Series without him? The answer will always be yes. The plain and simple. So you could you could adjust to that. You can make however that is that you want to make it whoever you want to be your right fielder. Your right fielder is hurt right now. He's yes. hurt. He's on the aisle. Yeah. Gave him $150 million. Yeah. Um, Adrian, friendly giant, 80. <laughs> Question for you and Barker. Do you guys think the lack of a big splash at trade deadline took the wind out of the sails of the Jays and they lost some of their momentum they got from the managerial change? This, uh, Adrian, thanks for the, uh, thanks, thanks for the, um, thanks, thanks for the, the DM. Um, I often wonder about that, you know, because we've had our experience in this city with the, was it the 2014 where the Jays didn't make a move. And I think it was Casey Jansen and Jose Batista came out and, and, really criticized Alex at the time as a GM. And Alex has talked about how he went to school and that trade deadline and the value of, of, of convincing your team that you have faith in them. I don't, you know, my, my sense of this deadline was the Jays were linked to a lot of big names, but it's like everything else. You really, you you don't know how serious it was, how serious the other team took the Jays. And I don't know what guys, we had Ross Stripling on, and he said guys talk about it and we're talking about it in the clubhouse. But I don't know, I don't know if, if, if the Jays players expected a big move. They see, I think they, they looked at the moves. Whit Merrifield makes a little sense to them. And, 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 you know, the two relievers came in. I really get the sense, Kevin, that, there probably were people in that clubhouse who expected more, but once the deadline passes, the way baseball players think, you know, say it uh, like it is. Say it like it is. They, the, they they played the Tigers. There was a bunch of guys in their bullpen for the Tigers that, that they could have just basically walked across the field. That was what absolutely my, yeah, there was. That was absolutely. what. But that was what my next point was. I th I think once the deadline passes. Guys are disappointed, but you know what? There's a game tonight, and I got to go out, and I got to sure, get ready to face this guy, and you're on. professional. You go out, and I don't think you go up to the plate going, God damn, I, I can't believe we didn't get Juan Soto. I don't think no they question. think that. But your point about being in, about having the Detroit Tigers in Toronto, and you know, we have people say that there was, there was an expectation that when the Jays got on that charter, that there was going to be somebody from the Tigers' bullpen. Mm -hmm. There just was. And A.J. Hinch expected it, too. He, he showed you, by the way, he... Now, it he, does sound like the price was really, really high, the, and, and the Blue Jays couldn't afford to pay that. But I do think well, there's something, too... No, let me rephrase. Uh, I think you need to rephrase didn't that. didn't want to. Didn't want to. There you go. That, yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah. So I, 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 so I do think there's something to that. I just think the Blue Jays, as a team, is not a finished product. You can pitch to the, to the Blue Jays lineup. Uh, you don't have a ton of faith in their bullpen. You don't have a ton of faith in their rotation. I mean, you got faith. You got faith in two guys. The third guy, you have no idea. You don't have any idea how that's going to look. And after that guy, 
You have no idea. You have no clue what you're getting. So, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, defensively, they've taken a giant step forward. They're a really good defensive team. Like, they're going to make the plays, and they're not going to beat themselves defensively most of the time. Running the bases, they've cleaned all that up. Like, they're a better base running team now, for the most part. It's just the holes that they have to muscle up against the other teams to what it will take to make a deep run. it's it's glaring. It's right in front of you. And now now all the pressure is thrown on a 23-year-old, a 24-year-old, and a guy with George Springer who's not playing enough. C.J. Bob wonders with Yusei Kikuchi if the answer isn't, and he says, I know you both hate the idea of an opener, but is that maybe something the Jays should look at because his first innings are so bad? I'm not sure that helps. I'm not sure. His first inning will be whatever every inning that is. That could be the third inning. It could be the third inning, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they've thought about that. I mean, I'm sure they've done everything. Uh, sure. With, but this with is that. a, again, this gets back to this is a performance-driven league, and the only reason he's getting opportunities is two reasons. They gave him three for 36. This is the first year of it. And that they don't have another option. Period. End of story. Like there is no other there there because if he was if he didn't if he wasn't being paid this much, there's no thought here. Like he's I'm just let's not lie about it. that. That's the reason why. <laughs> that's the reason. RWE one two three Barker. Did you ever get plunked for having a pitcher's number? or being too comfortable at the plate, going three for three with the home run and the guy buzzes you or makes you pitchers, wear one. That's from Ryan and Victoria. Pitcher's number, what's that mean? Like a small number? No, or, no, they had the pitcher's number that you, there was a guy oh, that you owned, oh, that you owned. Oh, that I was really good against. That, yeah. No, uh, that, that, it's uh, when I was when I was let, playing. Does that, okay, does that, ha- I, I, let me, I'm going to jump off that question for a bit. Does that happen in the minors? No. Like are guys aware? No, because all the guys, most of the guys in the minor league are, leagues are trying to do one thing and and establish their dominance. Yeah, <laughs> you know, drawing lines. Nobody cares. I mean, really, it's. Yeah, does it matter if you win a hundred games in the minor leagues? I'm not trying to win championships in the minor leagues. Trying to get the big leagues. So it doesn't happen as much. I'm sure it happens occasionally. Guys are you know aren't doing well and and you know this guy's having doing some things off of you, and, you you know, you're just sort of tired of it. There's a lot of that, I guess. But that other part of, of you know, you're just doing it just to be doing it because you can do it. Did you? The minor leagues, that's not happening. At the big leagues, yeah, I guess it's it, it, was ha- it would happen more when I played than it does now. Because if, it, because if that was a fact, Mountcastle annihilates the Blue Jays. You would have thought already they, they would have... They would have buzzed him and drove a line, and not nah, just will not happen anymore. Don't be yeah. digging in against us because we've had enough. They'd have done it already. Um, you've talked about how some of the stuff you faced when you were coming up. It was was it was it Grissom that was telling you you fouled off you fouled the pitch off Kevin Brown or something? What was I the pull, story? I pulled the fastball. Pulled the fastball off Kevin. Foul. Yeah. And, and then I think I rolled over a ball to second base, and my next at bat before I walked to the plate, Grib walked up to me and said, "Don't dig in." And I looked at him like, "You, well, you crazy dude? You got me out." He's like, "No, you hit one of his better pitches hard." He didn't like that. Like the, he did, he doesn't know you. I just he will be uncomfortable, and he was right. He buzzed me. I mean, I because I, I was hitting, I was full of it. I was full of vinegar. I could hit the heater. Now I didn't like the breaking ball. Yeah. I was young and. 
you know, didn't really know who I was and what I was trying to do at the plate and all yada, yada, et cetera. Et cetera. But I, it was, there was a lot of that. When you face guys like that. So even fouling off, if you sure. fouled off, a, and were, this gets back to the swing that had taken a hack at a 3-0 pitch big, or something like that. Right? Well, yeah, 3-0. I mean, that's... But that's what got Tatis Jr. But that was the scoreboard dictated that, right? More yeah, they, they were winning big or something. Yeah. How dare you swing 3-0 at you? You never played that game, did you? If you were that's stupid. Yeah. You, you, you GM, I'll play. Yeah, the only... <laughs> the, the, the only kind of rule that I've always sort of held to, I guess, is that, you know, stealing, stealing a base when you're up by six or something like that. Those because are that's... common sense things. Right. For me, and I'll, I'll say this, and I've said it to you, and I'll say it again. When they started the shift, all those little 3-0, don't swing, the scoreboard, t- that's eliminated. I'm sorry. I mean, every benefit known to man is the pitcher has it. Right. So why shouldn't the I? The hitter has zero. Why shouldn't None. I take advantage of it? So why? Yeah. If you throw me a three zero cookie, I'm sorry. I don't care what the scoreboard says. I'm 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 gonna take my best hack at it, and that's a grand slam. <laughs> I will moonwalk to first, do the worm to second, whatever I do, because it's 2022 or 2021. It's all part of it. Yeah. It's it's the game's changed, and it's you evolve or you don't, you'll die, and you'll be left behind. And I see. I don't. I don't. All those little things. What difference it make? You throw strikes, throw quality strikes, get good hitters out. Hitters are trying to not let you get them out. And if they get you, it's okay to have fun occasionally. Did you ever? Uh, did you know that you ever have an idea, or did you ever have a time or an incident where you knew you crossed the line with a guy? No, I didn't do that. Hit six homers in big leagues. Put my head down, run as hard as I could around the bases. There was no dig me time. Yeah. Look at me. That's my fourth career homer. <laughs> like there was none of that. That's what I felt like I had to do, though. I was I wasn't really that kind of player. Rick Fair wants to know if one of the issues with the bullpen that we're seeing is what he calls the you know the lack of a shutdown inning after the J score. How demoralizing is that? to a team when you score a run, a couple of runs and here I'm comes sure the it is. Here we go. Here we go again. Thing. Cause we've seen thing. that. We saw that a couple of, we've seen that a couple but of times. But it gets back recently. to stuff. You got to trick people. You got to add and subtract. You got to pitch that are weakness, even though that's not your best pitch. The, look at Jimmy Garcia last night. That's an example right there. Rudin Odor is not a good hitter, but his weakness is off speed pitches. And you feel like because you're the eighth inning guy and you don't have high octane that says, here it is. See if you can hit it. You got to do a little of that adding, subtracting, and pitching through a weakness, and it is what it is. Like you, you know, we maybe we need to stop or try and get off of that, but just because that's it is the way it is. Last thing for me before we go here, uh, we know that Jose Barrios's home and road splits are vastly different. Dan gave us the numbers. I didn't realize seven fifty that or whatever it is. That's quite changing a, your tune on your boy. That's quite no. I'm not changing my tune on my boy. You should. I'm buy, I'm saying I'm buying into the athlete. I will. I am buying into the athlete. I'm buying into the athlete. I hate to break it to you, but when you're dropped 130 large, buying into the athlete. I don't, I don't care if you're an athlete or not. Yeah, it's about performance. The money doesn't matter. It doesn't. No. <laughs> that's that's news. The money doesn't matter. Mm. What will you need to see from him out the gate that will suggest to you that maybe? Maybe, 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 maybe. He likes, his, he likes his breaking ball. If he can throw that both sides of the plate, here's what I'll 
lefties. Alec Manoa last night. Uh, what I give you the stat was, what was it? Six, uh, four, he six faced four, of 14, four, three runs, batter, one six, walk, six, one hit batter. Got to be better than that. You're going you're gonna to face all those lefties again. How, what can he do against lefties? Can he backdoor the breaking ball? Uh, can he be good with the two-seamer? Can he elevate the four-seamer? Uh, if he gives up a hit off a lefty, can he make an adjustment, come back from that? Or is that going to hurt his mindset and say, basically, here we go again and can't get it back on the track since two and a third? I don't think it's going to be that, but that's what, that's what you need to see. How's it look against lefties? They're going to stack a bunch of lefties. This is a theme now. Yeah. All three of the right-handed starters for the Blue Jays, every team you see that's good that try and win those games are stacking lefties against them. How do you do against lefties? Is it unpredictability against, you know, oh, oh, what can you do against two strikes? Are you efficient? That means three pitch, three pitches and some kind of thing coming out of those three pitches so you can go deeper in games. Are you competitive with all your pitches? Can you go to a, you know, can you get back an account with a secondary pitch? All the things you have to do against left-handed hitters, and the Orioles are confident. They're going to hammer a bad pitch. Keep it out of the middle of the zone. The Jays will look to avoid the sweep today, tonight, at the hands of the Baltimore Orioles. 7.05 is the first pitch on Sportsnet 590, the fan. And on Sportsnet, Jose Barrios against Dean Kramer. Mr. Barker and myself will have Blue Jays talk following the game tonight. Hopefully we won't get another rain delay. We'll have Blue Jays talk immediately following the game tonight. We'll be back here tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Wherever you get your favorite podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Have yourself a great afternoon.